Internal Revenue Service IRS Tax News. Tax Time Guide. Make protecting tax and financial information a habit. IR 2021-52 March 9, 2021, Washington. The Internal Revenue Service today urged people to continue practicing proper cybersecurity habits by securing computers, phones, and other devices. Scams and schemes using the IRS as a lure can take on many variations, so practicing personal information security is vital. Uh, this news release is part of a series called the Tax Time Guide. There's a link to the Tax Time Guide here, a resource to help taxpayers file an accurate tax return. Additional help is available in Publication 17, Your Federal Income Tax. There's a link to that here as well. The IRS works with the Security Summit. There's a link to the Security Summit. The Security Summit, a partner with state tax agencies and the private sector tax industry to help protect taxpayers' information and defend against identity theft. Taxpayers, there's a link to the taxpayers, and tax professionals, there's a link to tax professionals, can take steps to help in this effort by doing things like minimizing cybersecurity footprints, staying vigilant in protecting personal tax and financial information, and being aware of common scams and schemes. So that's a pretty broad recommendation there, of course, doing things like minimizing cybersecurity footprints, uh, minimizing cybersecurity footprints, staying vigilant, and so on. So let's see if they get us some more detail here. So as a reminder, the IRS doesn't initiate contact with taxpayers by email, text messages, or social media channels to request personal or financial information. So they're basically saying, of course, here, one of the ways that scammers can try to scam information is by pretending to be somebody else, and it could be useful to pretend to be someone that's authoritative, such as the IRS. So the IRS will not typically be asking for information by email or text message or any of those kind of ways. They will traditionally, at least initially, contact with a letter, and they'll typically be very methodical about the letters that will be following and follow a specific procedure as you would think a bureaucracy would. So anything that's really urgent sounding you should be suspicious of and i would say that would be the case if it were the irs or anything else act now or we're going to take action act now or you're going to lose this type of thing and, and so on those are kind of red flags and this may not be legitimate so generally the irs first mails a paper bill to a person who owes taxes in some special situations the irs will call or come at a home or business people should be alert Two scammers posing as the IRS to steal personal information. There are ways to know, there's a link to ways to know, if it's really the IRS calling or knocking on someone's door. So again, if if they're knocking on the door, that that's probably a, more of an unusual situation where the IRS is going to someone's house. So you might want to look into those kind of situations when that would be. But usually you would be quite aware as to the IRS and the issues you might have with the IRS because again, they will typically be sending letters initially at least for some time before taking you know, further actions is going to be the general process. If you get a call or an email or even someone that's actually physically contacting you and you think that they might be legitimate but you're not sure, then I would go ahead just like with any scammer and stop talking to the scammer, right? If someone's you know, not being honest with you and trying to deceive you over and over again, then the best action would be to stop talking to them right and then and then go to the source which is going to be the irs website actually go to the irs website look there do your own research from that point 
can be a little bit rude to stop a conversation on a phone, especially in person. It's hard for some people to do that, but you know, that's what you got to kind of do. I'm going to go to the IRS. I'm going to check it out myself. Bye. You know, thank you for the, thank you for the call. I'll, I'll look into it and then, you know, hang up before they start talking again. So below are a few tips to help minimize exposure to fraud and identity theft. Protect personal information. Treat personal information like cash. Don't hand, don't hand it out to just anyone. So obviously personal information, you don't want to give it out to just anyone. But it could be a little bit difficult, of course, because some personal information that can be used for security purposes, such as birth dates, such as, you know, names and whatnot, even, you know, my mother's maiden name and things like that. Uh, might be on things like social media, like a Facebook post and, and other types of things, just as part of the conversation. And the, at this point in time, it might be worthwhile to basically start to limit that stuff, even that kind of thing more and more, because the way these search engines can compile the data, you know, they can compile enough data fairly easily. So even, even the social media posts and, and birthdays, you know, probably can't get away from your birthday but other kind of posts on the social media you even might want to limit those because they can be used for the security question type of thing. So social security numbers, obviously credit card numbers, bank and even utility account numbers can be used to help steal person's money or open new accounts. Safeguard personal data, uh, provide a social security number, for example, only when necessary. So you only want to, of course, give the social security number when you have to. The social security number, even that is at this point in time, is you know with all the data out there it's quite likely that you know people are getting more access to people's social security numbers given the fact that we've had them since you know we're a little kid and and you have to give them to every kind of institution that you do any serious business with that's going to have personal data uh with it so if you're concerned that someone has your social security number at least for taxes you may be able then to then go into the uh pin another pin type program so that that'll be a double check that someone can't at least use your social security number for identity theft with regards to the tax preparation. And that's one kind of safeguard you can have for uh, the social security number. So only offer personal information or conduct financial transactions on sites that have been verified as reputable encrypted websites. So obviously when you're, when you're dealing with scam emails that are taking you to an, to an IRS website, then again, you don't want to go there. You want to go to the IRS website directly. And then any website, of course, that you're going to be dealing with, um, you, you want to make sure that you're dealing with reputable websites to the degree uh, that you can. So use strong passwords. Use a password phrase or series of words that will be easy for you to remember. Use at least 10 characters. 12 in is ideal for most home users. Mix letters, numbers, and special characters. Uh, try to be unpredictable. Don't use names, birthdays, or common words. So obviously when we're creating our passwords, we want to create passwords that, you know, for our own purposes that are going to be easy for us to remember. But of course, anything that's easy for us to remember is probably going to be something concerning our personal data. And that's not good. So we want to have, you know, something, even just a random set of, of uh, characters and whatnot can be better than than that kind of information but of course that's very difficult to remember unless you you know work on your memory uh so you could use some other tools like a like software tools that can help you to basically store your your passwords there's pros and cons to those types of tools as well but uh, as i'm sure we've heard many times we want to make sure to use passwords that are going to be um, more difficult passwords 
to be to be using and then we're gonna have to have some kind of way to sort those passwords given the fact that we want a whole bunch of different difficult passwords for a lot of uh, different sites that might be used so don't use the same password for many accounts and avoid sharing them so keep passwords in a secure place or use password management tools so password management tools there's various type of tools that you can learn use online that work kind of in your browser something like a LastPass. Uh, there's pros and cons to those tools as well because then you have a master password that you have to remember and, and, and that kind of thing. And if someone has the master password, then they can get into all your other passwords. So there's pros and cons to all those tools, but um, you, you know you wanna think about how, how best to organize these passwords these days. So set password and encryption protection for wireless networks. If a home or business Wi-Fi is unsecured, it, all, it uh, allows any computer within range to access the wireless network and potentially steal information from connected devices. Whenever it is an option for password protected account, you should, should also opt for a multi-factor authentication process. Multi-factor authentication is critical to protecting your password. So we want to have the, you know, obviously when we have the Wi-Fi, it's another kind of thing where it could be open more to people hacking into the to the Wi-Fi and stealing information. And uh, especially if you're somewhere else away from home and you're in a, a situation where you have an open Wi-Fi, but even when you're home, then you, you've got other people around that might try to hack into your to your Wi-Fi and, and steal your information in that way. And then they got the multi-factor authentication, which we are aware of, most people are aware of, even if they don't know the name at this point, which means you, you know, you're gonna opt in so they send you some other verification, such as a phone number or an email, so that you have to use the password and then have other another verification point in order to access the account. And that could great that can really raise the level of security as well. So they're saying, you know, opt in for that whenever you can and then avoid phishing scams the easiest way for criminals to steal sensitive data is to simply uh, to ask for it irs urges people to learn to recognize phishing emails so, so there's a link to that here calls or texts that pose a familiar organizations such as banks credit card companies or even the irs keep sensitive data safe so phishing emails still the most common emails for trying to gather information or probably one of the most common type of, of scams to gather information. We all know they're coming. We've all heard of the, the phishing emails, but they're still pretty good. You know, the phishing emails, they still come up with like uh, interesting things that, you know, we want to interact with or scare the crap out of us. So we want to click on something and whatnot. So be aware that an unsolicited email with a request to download an attachment or uh, click on a URL could appear to come from someone that you know, like a friend, work colleague, or tax professional, if their email has been spoofed or compromised. So obviously, if you get an email from a friend or a colleague, you know, if they, you know, if someone else is impersonating them, then, then you know, obviously that's going to be one way that these people will get in place and, and uh, try to steal information. Don't assume uh, internet advertisements, pop-ups, or emails from reputable companies. So if an ad or offer looks too good to be true, take a moment to check out the company behind it. So again, things that are saying, hey, you, we're going to give you this free thing or we're going to give you this discounted price from a company and it looks too good to be true most likely it is you might want to go to the source first and you know do some more research go to the website itself and check out if that type of thing is being done so never download quote security end quote software from a pop-up ad this is one that was was really popular for a while they, they basically somehow install software on your computer i believe 
and then they they basically say hey we found all this stuff on your computer that's that's horrible and it's going to kill your computer but we'll save it with our free you know after we do the search for you and then you know that's going to be part of the scam process so any kind of quote security software end quote that you're getting you know from a pop-up or something like that is going to be very suspect you want to go then if you have problems with security or pop-ups or that kind of thing you, you probably want to take your take your thing down to the to the local geek or the best buy geek store or, you know i'm not promoting them or any somewhere that where you trust them to give you an actual checkup and some security software that's legitimate so a, a pervasive ploy is a pop-up ad that identifies it as detecting a virus on the computer the download most likely will install some type of malware reputable security software companies do not advertise in this manner okay so obviously again a, a good security software package isn't gonna gonna advertise with a with a pop-up and then say that they're gonna stop the pop-up that you know <laughs> that they that they that they use to basically an annoy you into getting the security that would be kind of um, you know that, that would be kind of deceptive advertising so they don't typically do that legitimate security software so a security software and antivirus program should provide protect for protection from virus trojans uh, spyware and adware the irs urges people especially tax professionals to use an antivirus program and always keep it up to date set security software to update automatically so it can be updated as threats emerge educate children and those with less with less online experience about the threats of opening suspicious web pages emails or documents backup files uh, no system is completely secure copy important files including federal and state tax returns into removable disks or backup drives and cloud storage so we could there's a bunch of different ways we can back up our information now we got the cloud storage and we got these other drives uh, once you back them up on a separate drive then you typically want to detach that drive from the computer and put it someplace else preferably even some other location possibly so that you have it in case of the the, the drive going down your hard drive going down or a fire or something like that store disks drives and any paper copies in secure locked locations so id theft central des designed to improve online access to information on identity theft it uh, serves taxpayers tax professionals and businesses there's a link to that here taxpayers can find answers to questions forms and instructions and easy to use tools online at irs.gov they can use these resources to get help with its needed at home at work or on the go